Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. So if you have a personal true scary story that you'd like to share, please consider sending it my way. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. I'm a 27-year-old female, and the story takes place the summer before I had started my sophomore year in college. I had just moved into a house that my parents had bought in the area, and was trying to help them find other renters to move in before the school year started. One girl, we'll call her Annabelle, responded to one of the ads my dad posted, saying she was moving to the area with her service dog and was looking for a place to live. Reading the description she posted of herself and some of her other responses, I wasn't really crazy about her. Of course, I'm super introverted and hated having to live with roommates, period. Now, I can't remember exactly why she said she was moving to the area, I don't think she was enrolling in school, and she didn't have a job, but she had some reason for why she had to move in super early before the fall semester. I didn't really mind that part, as I didn't have a job at the time or any summer classes, and she was really easy to talk to. Being so introverted, I got along pretty well with anyone who was extroverted, friendly, and liked the same things as I did. As things progressed though, there were some red flags. The service dog Annabelle brought was the cutest little chihuahua I'd ever seen. Annabelle said she was supposed to alert her whenever her blood sugar dropped a low or spiked, and could even alert other people as well. The thing was, the dog never once alerted Annabelle or anyone else. In fact, the dog mostly seemed overly jumpy, and at certain times, even scared of Annabelle. I didn't think too much about this at the time, not knowing too much about service dogs or chihuahuas. I figured they may just be a jumpy breed. I had asked Annabelle why I never saw the dog alert her, and she said it was because her sugar levels mostly drastically changed early in the morning and late at night, times that I was usually asleep. There were other things Annabelle would say that really stood out or just didn't line up. She said that she had recovered from cancer, but never said what kind of cancer or when exactly she had it. She also said that she had taken some really fancy cooking lessons and had learned this really great chicken recipe. She cooked it for me and my family, but it was awful. The chicken was thoroughly overcooked and dried out. 
She also said that she had been an art major like I was, and had even sold quite a few paintings. Yet, she didn't really have many art supplies, just two small canvases she had painted. She had brought quite a lot of boxes, but never really unpacked any of them, just kind of shifted through them, and she didn't have any big furniture items, like a bed or a dresser. She said that they were in a storage unit back in the last town she lived in, and she just hadn't had enough room to bring things in the first trip down. Again, all petty things that I didn't really think much about and could easily explain away in my mind. She didn't want to talk about her personal medical history. She messed up the chicken because she was really nervous being in a new town and house. She didn't have any art supplies because she was going in a new direction in her life. These were the kind of things I'd say in my head. I would go help her get her furniture in a few weeks, and she would unpack her stuff when she had everything together. My parents had stayed with us for a little bit while doing some house repairs, but they needed to go back home because my dad had to do a wedding. I really wanted to go with them, but they said I needed to stay with Annabelle and make her feel welcomed, and also finish a few things they didn't get around the house. I begrudgingly agreed. Me and Annabelle had fun though. One night, we had rented some weird footage movie from the Red Box. It really scared the crap out of me for some reason, and Annabelle teased me about it. She agreed, though, that it was a terrible movie, and she let me sleep with her in her room that night. The house was kind of big, and it made a lot of creaking noises, and I insisted we lock her door and push some boxes in front of it, so that if someone broke in, they couldn't get inside the room. I felt kind of stupid, but also safe that I had someone staying with me. We also did make the trip to her storage unit. Sort of. On the way down, Annabelle was telling me how she had apparently sang in a backup choir for some Christian artist, when she then suddenly remembered that she had forgotten the key to the storage unit, and we were way too far to turn back and get it. So we decided to go to Ikea and Goodwill instead. I was pretty bumped up about going to Ikea, because I had never been. I did happen to notice though how much Annabelle was spending, and how she was charging everything to credit cards. She kept encouraging me to spend, but I only had like 214 to my name. So I was like, um, no, that's okay. Things got a little stranger from then on. We had taken some really cute pictures with Annabelle's dog with these cute little chew toys. I went one day to go look at them on her Facebook page, but I noticed she unfriended me. Again, I brush it off, thinking maybe she just decided to make her social media life a little more private. I had been reading the diary of Anne Frank during this time as well. Annabelle had noted how good of a book it was, and that it was also one of her favorites. Well, the book then goes missing in the next couple of days, along with a few other random items. I was a very messy person at the time, and I figured I had just misplaced the book and other items, and I thought they'd just turn up in the next couple of days but they didn't. I ended up going back to my hometown for about a week for my birthday. I was nervous about leaving Annabelle alone in the house at this point, because my mind was starting to put together the pieces that something was definitely not quite right here, and my parents had some concerns as well. I really wanted to go see some of my friends for my birthday, so I went ahead and left though, hoping everything would be okay when I got back. Well, it wasn't. I came back to the house with my dad and sister, and everything seemed fine. Nothing was completely destroyed, but Annabelle seemed really on edge and jumpy that we were back. So the next day, 
I was helping my dad do some work in the garage when I noticed there were some new boxes in the back of Annabelle's car. Being nosy, I took a closer look and I then saw that it was a box of canvases. It was my box of canvases. She had actually painted over the yard I had done and then stuffed them in the back of her car. I was furious. I wanted to confront her right then and there. But for some reason, my dad convinced me to wait until the morning. That night, he had parked his truck behind her car so she couldn't leave in the middle of the night. I half expected her to try, and I figured that was why she became so jumpy. I kept looking out my window all throughout the night, unable to sleep, and just wanting to catch her if she had tried to stuff anything else in her car. When I did finally confront Annabelle, she acted totally surprised and shocked. She said that she would get the painting out of her car and then prove they were hers. She went in the house to get her keys, but claimed she couldn't find them. I then went upstairs to go help her look for these missing keys. I found them in her room in a box where she told me not to look because there was no way they'd be in that box. And what do you know? I also found another one of my canvases stuffed in her backpack while we were searching. Obviously, the canvases in the car were mine, and Annabelle had finally run out of lies. We asked her to leave, and she begrudgingly did so. I think I ended up calling the cops a few days later to see if I could press charges, after realizing a few more things had gone missing, but since nothing super expensive had gone missing or was destroyed, they didn't really seem to care, and they acted like I was a bother for calling them. I did end up getting past due credit notices for Annabelle for the next six months, until I guess she finally changed her address, or I sent back enough of them that they finally got the picture that she didn't live there anymore. Now, the story may not be super suspenseful, but it still kind of freaks me out that I was so willing to lock myself in a room with a girl that I barely knew, who turned out to be a thief and a pathological liar. I really, really hope she's doing better now, and that she got the help she needed. But I truly hope we never meet again, and I'm so glad that I'm no longer living with any roommates. A few months ago, prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. I decided it was time to move out of my parents' house and live somewhere else because I've been living with them for a while. The thing was, I didn't really have that much money because I didn't have a job. So the best idea I could think of was getting a roommate and living with them. I decided to look at a few Craigslist ads and after a few minutes of looking... I found a guy who said he wanted a roommate, and it was even better because he lived in my area. I texted the guy and said I would love to be his roommate, 
and he said that he would love it and that I could come over whenever I was ready. So my parents helped me pack my stuff, which really wasn't a lot, and about an hour later, I was on my way to this guy's house. A few hours later, I got to the house where the guy said he lived when I stopped and got out of my car and stood in front of the house. I noticed that the front lawn looked really overgrown and that the house looked old and the paint looked like it was chipping. When I got up to the front door, I had knocked kind of loud and then I actually heard some kind of argument before the door banged open. There standing in front of me was a guy who was a few inches taller than me. I'm six foot by the way. He had thick black hair and dark blue eyes and he was wearing all black. This confused me because it was right in the middle of July. Why would anyone wear black around this time? I didn't want to be rude on the first day, so I didn't question it. I just decided to introduce myself, and he did too, saying his name was Zach. I then had asked him if he could help me move my things from the car to the house, and he said he would because he wanted to be nice. A few minutes later, we got all of my stuff into the room that Zach had picked out for me. I noticed that it was a good-sized room, but I then noticed that the door didn't have a lock on it, which kind of freaked me out a bit. I asked him about it, and he told me it had a lock. It was just broken. He then walked out of the room and out of sight, and I kind of just stood there confused. I spent the next few minutes unpacking my things and placing them in the room, and then when I was finally done, I sat down on the bed and pulled out my phone, deciding to text or call my mom or dad. About an hour later, my stomach was screaming off, meaning I was hungry. So I sighed softly, and I then put my phone down, before then standing up and walking out of my room and heading down the hall. When I got into the kitchen, I saw Zach with headphones on, making sandwiches. I then yelled at him, saying excuse me. I wasn't trying to be rude, but I just wanted him to hear me. Zach then took off his headphones, and then turned around then looking at me with a really big smile. He then held up the plate with the sandwich on it, saying he made lunch for us, and he asked if I wanted a drink. I just asked for a soda before grabbing the sandwich from him and deciding to sit on Zach's couch and started eating it. Zach then walked into the room, and he handed me the soda, before then sitting on the other side of the couch. I noticed that the can of soda was already opened, which seemed kind of weird, but I just decided to drink it anyway. After I was done eating my sandwich, I just kept drinking my soda with Zach while watching TV. After a few sips of the soda, I realized I felt tired, and then my head started hurting, and I noticed my vision was getting blurry, and I started rubbing my eyes. Zach then started talking about something, and I tried paying attention, but I couldn't, and then I fell asleep on the couch. A few hours later, I had jumped up and looked around, not knowing what was going on or what had just happened. I looked around and I realized I was in my room and it was daytime and I then noticed my door was shut. I then stood up and rubbed my eyes before getting up from the bed and walking out of the room. I looked around the house but I didn't see Zach anywhere even though I called his name like three times. I then walked into the kitchen and I saw a note sitting on one of the counters. I picked up the note and looked at the handwriting and I saw Zach's name on it. His note said that he was sorry he couldn't hang out with me, but he had to go to work really early. I kept reading the note, until I then noticed a part written in big bold letters. It said don't go into his room, because it was really messy and dirty, 
and then he would clean it up when he got home from work. I kind of just rolled my eyes and laughed before throwing the note in the trash can and then headed to the coffee machine to make myself some coffee. But I then stopped when I noticed an orange pill bottle laying on the counter. I picked it up and I noticed that it had a few pills missing and it had Zach's name on it, which really confused me. A few seconds later, I heard a loud bang that made me drop the pill bottle. At first I thought it was Zach, but I then realized that he was still at work, so it couldn't have been him. Then suddenly, it had happened again. I then realized that it came from inside the house, so I went to go make sure nothing fell over. I heard it again, and I walked down the hall, then stopping, hearing it one more time. I then realized it was coming from Zach's room. I then opened the door and walked into the room. I noticed that Zach's room was really messy, and it smelled so weird, so bad, that I had to hold my nose. It was then that I heard that same loud bang yet again, and I then whipped my head around to then see a closet. I walked up to the closet, and I noticed that it had two handles on the door, and I saw a broom handle sticking between them. I was really confused. I wasn't going to open it due to privacy, but I just decided to. So I grabbed the broom handle, and I then pulled it out from right between the door handles. I then opened the door, and what I saw next made me totally scream in fear. I then fell to the ground, covering my mouth. There was a teenage girl who looked only a year older than me, sitting in the closet, and she was bound and gagged. Her hair looked all dirty and full of knots, and her clothes looked really old and moldy. I then removed all of the stuff that was holding her hands together, and I took the gag out of her mouth. As she rubbed her wrist, I then asked her what the fuck is going on, and who is she? What she told me made my stomach drop. She then told me that she was Zach's old roommate and that she wanted to leave because she really hated Zach's messy lifestyle. She then went on to say how Zach then jumped her and then overpowered her before wrapping her hands up and gagging her and leaving her in the closet. Then it hit me. The note. The bold letters telling me not to go into his room. That was Zach's shitty warning for me not to go in there. I pulled out the phone and called the cops. And a few minutes later, an officer showed up. We told him everything as he walked around the house and he picked up pills from the kitchen. He told me they were really strong sleeping pills. And it was then where I realized why I fell asleep so fast after that soda. Zach had drugged me. A few seconds later, Zach walked into the house with his work back when he then saw the officers before putting his hands up. Before the police officer took him out to their car, he asked Zach about everything he knew. Zach then actually admitted to keeping the girl locked up and even about drugging me with the sleeping pills. And as you can imagine, he was soon arrested and the officer told us we could leave and that I had to pack up my stuff. A few hours later, I was driving back home with all of my belongings and I began thinking to myself, what if Zach would have locked me up in a closet just like that girl? That thought alone scares the fuck out of me. It's going to be a very, very long time before I can ever have another roommate. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, 
Did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When I was going into my fourth year of university, I decided to move out of my student's residence building and get an apartment with my friend. It was a scramble to find a place in the small university town, but we found a small apartment and quickly placed a deposit on it. Brenda and I had been friends since our first year of university. During Frosh Week, she had immediately butted heads with a roommate and spent a lot of time hanging out in my room. I'm pretty shy, so honestly, it was really just nice to have made a friend so quickly. There were some red flags. She hated my boyfriend and was also pretty nasty to my friends who had come visit from home. She also seemed to be fighting with her friends and family back home a lot. Again, I was just happy to have someone to go to the mill hall with. So back to us moving in together. The first red flag was without even consulting me first. She bought a ton of furniture for the house. A new table, chairs, couch, all new kitchen utensils, etc. She then sent me the bill and told me I owed half. My extended family had already offered me lots of hand-me-downs, so I had already been planning on bringing those, but I didn't want to start our living arrangement off on a negative tone, so I just paid what she asked. Well, within about a week of moving in together, her boyfriend moved in as well. Right away, I told her if he was going to live here, he had to pay something for rent. She became very offended, and she asked why he would have to pay since he was only staying in her room. Things only got worse. They were both very messy people, and they would leave the kitchen and living room a total mess. They would both sleep almost all day, and her boyfriend would have a fit if I made too much noise. One time he came out of the room at 5pm, and he demanded I stop cutting carrots so loudly. It was weird. Things really hit the fan when I reported Brenda's boyfriend's living arrangement to our landlord. I had told her that it would come to that if he didn't pay anything, but she continued her defense that he was only living in her room. Our landlord was livid. Apparently, he had already suspected that the boyfriend was living there, and he actually asked her about it, and she lied. Not only were they taking advantage of me, but also the landlord, as we didn't pay heat, lights, or water. The first scary thing that happened was when I came home one night and I found the hallway lights leading to my bedroom. None of them would turn on. It was pitch black. It was so late though, so I just walked through the darkness and went to my room. The next morning, when I opened my door, I realized that there were knives leading down the hallway all over the floor. Somehow I missed them. I then collected them and I immediately went to my roommate who claimed she didn't do it. Later that day, when I checked all the lights, I figured out that all the bulbs had been unscrewed. I called my landlord and asked to end my lease. He refused. I would have to create a police report and have her evicted. I don't know why I didn't do that, 
but I just decided to stay out of the apartment as much as I could. The next incident was worse. In my first year of university, I had dated a very scary and abusive person. He would scream at me constantly, among other things. Our breakup was messy, and it ended with him threatening to seriously hurt me. Brenda knew this. One night after an evening class, I came home to find three people in our living room. Brenda, her boyfriend, and my ex. I raced into my room, and I had called another friend to come over. Fortunately, my friend Morgan came right away. He was over six feet tall and played on the school basketball team. We hung out for most of the night. I felt much safer, and I even decided to go to the kitchen to get us some snacks. While I was in the kitchen, I was cornered by my ex. Literally cornered. He right away became whispering the most awful things to me. I yelled for Morgan, and my ex grabbed my wrist and held on to me until Morgan came around the corner. Well, Morgan escorted my ex out of the apartment. I did go speak to the police, but they said there wasn't a lot they could do unless he really did something to hurt me. The last incident was almost at the end of the school year. I had been at the library studying for exams. I was about a minute away from our apartment when I then received a text from an unknown number. It said that one of my friends, listed by her name, had been involved in some kind of altercation and that I needed to go to the police station to help her. There were a lot of details, and it seemed very real. Right away, I asked who it was. They said it was the girl's mother, gave her name, etc. I was in full-on panic mode, worrying about my friend. So I turned and started walking to the station. The town wasn't very big, but the police station was only a little ways away, probably another five to seven minute walk from where I was. It was getting away from where most students live, so there weren't a lot of people walking around. Again, I was in panic mode, and I didn't think anything about it. As I got closer, I then became aware of a car that was following very closely behind me. This is when I noticed that there was literally no one around now. The car pulled up near me, and the back window rolled down just enough for someone to begin throwing trash at me. I walked a little quicker, and I made a turn down a street that was way too close for them to take. The car backed up and then followed me. They now began speeding towards me and slamming on their brakes. They started flashing their high beams and yelling some pretty nasty remarks out the window. I'd had enough and I'd started to run to the police station. The car ripped up next to me one more time and then three guys in hoods then jumped out. I then pulled my phone out and started waving it around, yelling that I was streaming it online while calling the police. That's when I then heard Brenda's voice coming from the car. She isn't. Don't believe her. This is when it hit me that that text was definitely a fake. When the group then heard the 911 operator's voice, they jumped back into the car and took off. I went straight to the police station and I reported what happened. No surprise. They said the group hadn't really done anything and that there was really nothing they could do besides issue a warning. Thankfully, my sister lived about an hour and a half drive away, so I ended up staying with her for the rest of the semester and just drove to my classes. It was a pain, but I'm quite sure that it was way better than whatever Brenda and her boyfriend had in store for me.
selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.